We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I'm joined by Sean Siegel as we bring you another edition of the podcast. Had a fun show on Tuesday, covered a lot of ground, talked some one quarterbacks, talked a lot about the rookies for this upcoming draft and give away those uh, contest winners for our episode 200 contest. So lots going on there, but we have lots going on today. Teased it at the end of Tuesday's show, some listener questions in the second half of the show, a little bit of a mailbag and myself and Sean with even a couple of questions for each other so Sean like this show on Tuesday it's going to be action-packed here as we get ready for another one it is and on the Tuesday show we went through a one QB draft look at some of the different areas that you can attack what to do in the first round what to do in the second round the kind of interesting flyers sleepers who are available in the third round and there were some trades in that draft that we talked about there were some moves up. There were some moves down. Today, we're going to talk about why you might want to move down in your rookie draft. And if your rookie draft is over, you can also apply a lot of these lessons to your overall drafts. Recently, Monty Fawn and I participated in a Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty startup. Uh, one of the favorite startups that I've ever done. It was so fun co-owning with Monty. The format is great. You can play that through the FF 
PC. And one of the things that we did was sort of trade down relentlessly, get our guys, but get the guys who were not only our favorite players, but players who had fallen within that particular draft. And so that's something you can do in a startup. It's something you can do in some redraft sorts of formats. Trading is one of the, the best parts of fantasy football. And we want to look at how we can maximize these trades. So often you hear about the value of being the person who gets the best player in a trade. And Tuesday, we'll also talk a little bit about a draft that Curtis Patrick and I are currently doing with our FFPC pros and Joes that drafted last year. So now we're in kind of the first rookie draft, the second year of the league. We made a move and traded up from the 109 to the 105 in order to take chase. We traded from the 2022 draft in to the 111 and selected Devontae Smith. So some aggressive moves up and in, but also there's a lot of reason to trade down in these drafts. And today, Colin, we're going to look at five reasons to move down in your draft and how that will help you fix your team if it's struggling, but also create this permanent championship window that really is the main focus of our dynasty strategy yeah definitely is and you talk about like you know perpetually like reloading getting that team into success each and every year so this is a way to get that team ready or to to supercharge it um one of the things you mentioned here in in reason one uh, is about the top halves of the top and the bottom halves of round one being more similar than people would think and Something that we talked about on the podcast a couple of months ago, around December time, when you went through the 2020 class and looked at it that way, you've done it with the 2019 class. When we looked through it, that kind of 7 through 12 range tends to hold its own against the, the 1 through 6 range when we look at it retrospectively. Um, and again, that's going to be the, the same, I would imagine, when we look at it retrospectively moving forward. And, you know, when we talk about some of those back end of the first round picks, you know, uh, the likes of Calvin Ridley spring to mind, you know, guys like that who who just slipped a little bit through the net and, and the values were immense then when we we look at them uh, in retrospect. So people, I think, sometimes put too much emphasis on those top, particularly four picks, but likely six picks. Um, and you're obviously in here with the research you've done that slotting back uh, makes a lot of sense in those particular areas. Yeah, so just to put some names with that claim, Right. We look at guys who are drafted in the top half of the first round of a rookie draft over the last five years. And these, this would be my top 10, right? You have Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Derek Henry, and Nick Chubb. And now Jonathan Taylor probably going to be moving into that range, probably displace Chubb. That's a good list. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, the best player in fantasy football. Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott, the two top scorers at running back over the last five years. So you've got some big names in that group. But when we look at the top 10 from players who are drafted from picks 7 through 12, it's also just pretty incredible, right? Number one, Devontae Adams had the sort of historic season last year. Number two, Beckham had the historic rookie season. Michael Thomas, probably the best stretch of wide receiver play that we've really ever seen in terms of receptions over his first four years in the NFL, just really gapping the rest of the field. Then we have Alvin Kamara, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, T Higgins, DJ Moore, Kareem Hunt. So there are running backs in there. And then for that 10th spot, you'd be kind of looking at Devonte Freeman, who was the number one overall running back in 2015 or Calvin Ridley. And so again, we're looking at guys who are putting up a lot of points. One of the things that we see here in terms of a difference is that we do have more running backs at the top. We have more wide receivers in that second group. 
But even with that distinction, even if you need some running backs, we can see that this huge gap between, say, having the 101, the 102, and maybe even having the 108, 109, not as big as people might think. Now, in talking about this, I do mention that there are going to be some people we have the do not pass label on. We talked on Tuesday about Matt Spencer's wide receiver prospect model, how high he is on Jamar Chase. Blair's had a bunch of research out on that recently as well, talking about the wide receiver prospect lab, how high it has chased. Both of those methods have him right below Amari Cooper as really the best prospect in recent memory. And so we want to take that into consideration. We're not necessarily trading down if we have the chance to select Chase. If you have someone like a Christian McCaffrey, one of these top guys in the running back prospect lab, if you have that shot at McCaffrey, you have the shot at Ezekiel Elliott, you have the shot at Todd Gurley, people who are coming in at 100, 99, 98, 97 in terms of percentile in the lab, don't pass on those guys. But if you're looking at a Josh Jacobs, if you're looking at a Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think even if you're looking at a Najee Harris, someone like that, consider moving down who some of the other options would be. And that brings us to reason number two, which is that if you have this top pick, if you can get one of those running backs, take them. If not, move down. We talked about how ETN has the top RB prospect lab ranking post-draft in this class. He's going at the 104. Javante Williams at the 105. He's sort of even with Harris. Now, those guys don't have the same caliber of landing spot as Harris does. And that does matter for running backs. We know that we want that value early, but they're also younger, especially Williams is younger. That's one of the reasons why, even though I have some questions about Williams, he was one of the guys I traded down to take. You have that little bit wider window. We're talking about the difference. It it seems silly a lot of the time, right? When we're talking about 21 versus 23, you know, (laughs) if you've been doing this for a while, if you're no longer in in your 20s yourself, you're thinking, that's super young. That's a long <laughs> How time that ago. possibly matter? <laughs> <laughs> right. But at the same time, uh, we have so much information on the site showing that running backs after the age of 25, it's not just they don't score as many points, but the trade value really collapses. Amir had a great article on the site a couple of months ago looking at this question and just this collapse really from 26 on. It's not that nobody does it. We know that Marshall Falk has put up big numbers. We know LaDainian Tomlinson has put up big numbers. We know Priest Holmes put up big numbers. We're hoping that some of these current guys, you know, like a Henry, like an Elliott, if you own those players, you're hoping for some big numbers from them. Kamara, Cook, those guys starting to move into this danger zone. You know, we're not necessarily just unloading all of those players. At the same time, we know what history tells us. When you're talking about the difference between 21 and 23, you're talking about having either two years or four years before you start to hit that spot where, unfortunately, the trade value really falls off the table. And so that does matter. I think that this running back situation, especially for 2021, but across the board, unless you have one of these elite options, that's a shot to move down because we do know that whoever the 101 is in any particular class, even if it's a Josh Jacobs, even if it's a Clyde Edwards-Alaire, people are going to pay you for those picks. Yeah, the other thing then when we get into reason number three, and this fits in a bit with the the list that we had in reason number one, is when you go through list number one versus list number two, these are all players who have been drafted over the last kind of five or six years, but we're seeing that list number two where we're in that back end of the first round being wide receivers, a lot of those guys are still very heavily relevant this season. And you're talking there in that last 
section about players having that long-term trade value and the, the value of those players remaining. When you look at the wide receivers, that obviously is, is standing the test of time when we talk about the trade value in that longer term. And if we're moving down from the front end of that first round, maybe you are at the 102, maybe you're at the 103, you can get a substantial bit of value there. But trading back down is going to help you likely land those wide receivers, which is going to end up having the long-term trade value. And as you hit in the article here, you might even end up with that next Justin Jefferson. So there's a lot of interesting parts when you start to put these reasons together. Right. And we won't spoil it for the readers, but if you haven't had a chance to get in there, check out Blair Andrews' recent wrong read where he has a random forest analysis looking at the wide receiver position, looking at how you can find the next Justin Jefferson. There are three wide receivers who are going at that first round, second round border who could be in that category. So again, we're looking at trading down and not trading down just sort of for a consolation prize. We're talking about trading down and winning your draft, winning your league. There are some guys there this year who could potentially do that. Not everybody is going to be the next Jefferson. Not every one of these players who has a prospect profile that hints at it is going to come through, but there's definitely some potential in that range. We get to reason number four. Winning your rookie draft is having the about having the most picks and it also allows you to pursue your favorite sleepers. Colin, you and I talked about our favorite end of round three guys on the show on Tuesday. We talked about how do you find the next Chase Claypool. A lot of what we think of as draft savvy from NFL GMs is actually just draft volume. The guys who have the most picks, they have the most opportunities both to select people where later on you're like, you know, I don't know what they were doing. But also later on you're like, you know, how does this guy consistently get chase claypool how do they get stefan diggs how do they get these stars late in drafts well they have a lot of shots at it right and that's one of the things that you want to do as well in your leagues and you can trade down you can look at some of these players and we had a ton of articles come out during the draft itself looking at our advanced stats looking at things like the box score scout okay now after the nfl draft who's the top comp looking at the white the Workout Explorer, you know, who are the athletic comps for these guys? Looking at the production numbers, the wide receiver lab, the running back lab, you know, how do they fit into what we know about history? And there are some interesting guys at the end of this. We've got articles on Atwell. You had mentioned Eskridge, Tylen Wallace, someone I think that we have in almost every one of our drafts. You have Schwartz, you have JV and Hawkins, who wasn't even drafted at all, but could be the next Lindsay, could be the next Gaskin. So there are guys in that range, but a lot of them are still going to be busts, right? If you want to have the guy who turns out to be the next sleeper star, you need to have some volume. Now, if you're in a, a shallow league where you can only take or keep you know, 18 guys, 20 guys, 22 guys, then maybe you don't have the roster spots to sit on these players. And so your approach has to be a little bit different. But if you're in a 30 roster spot league, you want to make sure you're trading out of or moving out of cutting the veterans who maybe yeah you know you wanted them to be better than they are you wanted them to be more than someone who is just a desperation buy fill in but at the point that they are now their actual production and their trade value doesn't really justify the roster spot even if they're more likely to score some points than some of these flyers we want to move those guys out we want to have these round three round four picks that everybody kind of makes fun of because yeah the hit rate is very low that doesn't matter if you're the guy who has the next Chase Claypool. 
Yeah, and it's a bit the draft analogy there is perfect, and I know it's two different types of drafts. One was draft in fantasy, and the other draft in reality. But when you have multiple chances, like let's say you have ten picks through those seven rounds, and there's you know three of them in the third round, there's far more chances of the one of those guys hitting. It's the same when we look then and we go into our draft. If we have four picks in the third round, and you've mentioned this on a number of shows, is sometimes people are just throwing them picks into the back end of a trade without thinking about it. But when it comes to this time of the year and you have three shots because somebody's throwing <laughs> three different third round picks in throughout the year, that there means that you're going to have more chance of one of these guys really paying off. So uh, especially if you're in leagues, ideally that have you know taxi squads or something like that, that you can slot a few of the guys in there. It's just a uh, it's a kind of no-lose scenario if you can uh, have the guys that you like in there and, and try and get those added onto your roster. And like you're saying about the NFL teams, it's another thing. People are probably saying, like, how come Sean's roster is always loaded with all these talented young players? Well, if you're taking those extra shots and having those guys on the back end of your bench that do develop then and, and turn out, it's going to give you that uh, edge as you move forward then a couple of years down the line. And something that's always stuck with me on these shows is, you mentioned in one of our first ever podcasts about having those guys in redraft that when you draft them at, at the time of the draft that get to four weeks into the season or five weeks into the season if you had to do that draft again that you're having kind of four or five guys from the first and second rounds on your rosters and having those guys at the back end of the third round they're going to move up to uh, in terms of what they're worth and that, that's obviously the goal there uh, and trading down Sean reason number five allows you to benefit from positional bubbles within the draft for the listeners what um, exactly are you describing here one of the things that we see sometimes in one qb leagues is the quarterbacks go really late and so if you're talking about getting a first round pick a top 15 overall pick maybe even a top 10 pick in round three of your rookie draft because the position is so devalued you're thinking to yourself okay well it's kind of a waste i don't need these quarterbacks except if you have a couple of guys you have buys during the season you get injuries one of the things that we've seen in the last two or three years are a lot of quarterback injuries and then a decent number of quarterback benchings and so you go into the season think you're set at the quarterback position suddenly you're not in season in order to make a trade and acquire a qb when the other owners in your league can tell that you're desperate especially if you're competitive right what's the advantage for any other competitive team to sell you a quarterback at anything other than sort of extortionary rates right you can cover that you can take care of it by simply taking a qb very inexpensively at the end of your draft but the position i really like to target here is tight end right one of the things that we found when we did this sort of reselection exercise is that there are more tight ends when we reselect it because again tight ends are cheap people don't like to wait on them they don't like to stash them and think okay well you know i don't really know about this position i don't care about this position it doesn't score a lot of points but for that exact reason, we want to make sure that we're doing the opposite, that we are stashing tight ends and then we have a shot at some of these guys. Hunter Long, Tommy Tremble, Brevin Jordan, those guys are going at the end of round three and they have some interesting elements to them. Long and Tremble, those are a couple of guys where if you look at the wide receivers and running backs being drafted in the same range of a rookie draft, those players were drafted far later in most examples in terms of the reality draft and so just what we would think in terms of the hit race based on their reality draft position you're taking a guy who is more likely to still be in the nfl in a couple of years than your other league mates in the draft that gives you an advantage but you also have the chance to sort of use these picks that aren't very valuable these third round picks and that's where you want to spend if you're going to have to wait if you're going to have to wait 
and stash these tight ends. You don't want to necessarily have to spend a really high pick. Now, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kyle Pitts is different, but in most cases, you know, you don't want to have to use a first round pick if that guy isn't going to perform for you right away. Tight ends, the perfect way to use this. And one of the things that we have seen are that stars like George Kittle, Mark Andrews, both of those tight ends came from round three or later in rookie drafts. It's not that you're going to get the next George Kittle when you use your third round pick at the position, but in terms of the cost and what it does for you, tight end is a really smart way to play these picks that otherwise aren't that valuable. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfer sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to getroman.com slash rotoviz now. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash RotoViz now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash RotoViz. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. So Sean, we're getting into kind of the second half of the show where we like on a Thursday show to do those kind of listener questions and questions coming in from everyone. But uh, we'll start this first on with a, a question that's coming in from uh, Sean Siegel. <laughs> yeah, so Colin, who do you have the most of so far in your early rookie drafts? I mentioned it on Tuesday's show, so a bit of a spoiler alert, but um, Chubba Hubbard is the one that's just consistently ending up on those rosters. Um, wasn't my strategy going in. We have talked about the landing spot on previous shows and you know how things might not work out from there in Carolina, but um, just at the value and, and where I think his career can still go um, and that kind of 
mid to to late third round i think the value is uh too much if he's if he's in that range so picking up on him uh, we talked about eskridge and we talked about uh Dinami brown as well they're both guys who are, are ending up in a lot of those rosters um just again i think they're sliding a little bit further than they should do and obviously washington probably is you know it, it's got that reputation now of not being the the, the best place to be in the nfl and as, as a football team and then obviously as a as a, as a fantasy player and we, we both love Terry McLaurin and I think getting somebody like Dinami Brown in there opposite him is going to help uh, take some of the stuff away from him so I think it's going to help the team in general um, so I, I think that he's somebody who's interesting there as well those are some good names and I've talked a lot about how I have a lot of Wallace have a lot of Hubbard have a lot of some of these guys like JV and Hawkins and even Jamar Jefferson who now has fallen in the draft but the Lions have released carry on Johnson they have DeAndre Swift, he's going to be the guy. And yet behind him, if anything happens, you know, they do have Jamal Williams there. But Jefferson, one of these players who, despite the lack of tested athleticism, you know, could be your next guy. People tend to forget that uh, Devontae Freeman, yes, he looks good on the field, but his testing was very poor. It doesn't mean that everybody that we see, they were like, oh, we wish we had been he had been drafted higher. Those guys aren't going to all end up being Freeman. But when you look at someone like a Jefferson with the crazy production and especially age-adjusted production that he's had, players who are good tend to continue to be good. Lindsay shows it. Miles Gaskin shows it. The guys who weren't good in college, they continue to not be good at the NFL level. It's just really an unfair task to ask them to suddenly go up a massive leap in terms of the talent and the athleticism they're playing against and suddenly raise their level three or four times. I and mean, that, that just doesn't happen. But Beyond some of these late guys, let's talk about some of the early people that we have a lot of. Curtis and I are drafting in an FFPC rookie draft. We know that those are our running back heavy with that particular format. This is sort of the uh, standard FFPC format, not the new one, not the Rotoviz Triflex format that is a little bit more wide receiver heavy. But in our draft here in the startup, we made a bunch of trades we came down with Dak Prescott with Christian McCaffrey with Dalvin Cook we had Michael Thomas so three to four borderline first round picks and then Thomas hurt McCaffrey hurt Prescott hurt the team wasn't particularly good so now we're trying to figure out how we can redeem that in year two we moved up and we took Chase we moved into the end of the first round and took Devontae Smith again a guy that I'm really targeting everywhere People know about his numbers, but there are also some red flags to kind of balance that. I would say go check out Matt Spencer's uh, wide receiver model. You'll be very impressed with where Smith comes out compared to most of the prospects from the last five, six, seven years. And then also our second round pick, we were kind of counting the spots as it would go through here. And I think this is kind of interesting. I think listeners would want to know how this kind of running back heavy type of draft is going. So just to give a little bit of a feel we have the quarterbacks going early, sort of through seven. ETN is eight, Javante Williams nine. Then Trey Sermon in this format is interesting enough to get up there at 10. We took Smith. Mac Jones is the 112. In the super flex, these quarterbacks extremely valuable. Then Michael Carter, who I think could be in position to put up, you know, two, three years of early Gio Bernard production. He's somebody who was a running back two for his first three years out of college. Carter perfectly positioned with the Jets to do that. He's the 201, Bateman the 202, 
Waddle, someone we talked about how he has fallen in some cases. He falls to the 203 here. That was one spot away from our pick. It would have been a, an interesting choice with him going so early in the reality draft. But we got Rondell Moore. He's the other guy I'm getting everywhere. Marshall was the 205. Elijah Moore, the 206. We we're kind of counting the slots all through there. Do we need to trade up? Can we sit there and get more? If we miss on him, we still have the shot at Elijah Moore. So I know that listeners are doing that in their drafts, but we encourage you to make sure you've got a sense of what are all the scenarios? Do I need to move up? Could I even move down a little bit? But that's the strategy, and those are the guys that I'm getting early, Devontae Smith, Rondell Moore. So, Sean, next question is one that I, I'm going to put to you. Um, during the draft, and it, it didn't affect my first-round pick this year, um, but it was my first-round pick in 2023, I had a situation where my quarterbacks are getting a little bit older in this uh, Superflex League, but Drew Brees and Alex Smith are both guys that were still on this roster. There is some other uh, quarterbacks involved. It's still going to give me death, but two of them obviously uh, retired this year, so that left me in a little bit of a pickle at the quarterback position. Um, and then the opportunity to come in during the draft, uh, a trade offered to me rather than one that I went out and pursued. Uh, I don't have any other shares of Russell Wilson outside of this league, but uh, I was offered Russell Wilson and the 208 and we've already talked about over the last couple of shows how much we like some of those players in the back end of that second round it is super flex format uh, and the the give up was the 2023 first round pick and antonio gibson so the 208 at the time obviously i didn't know who it was going to be and you mentioned michael carter there he actually went at 207 when i was getting ready to be on the clock i was hoping he was going to be the one that would just slip through the the cracks but uh, i ended up with dwayne eskridge so it turned out to be russell wilson <laughs> stacked up with dwayne eskridge uh, for antonio gibson in that 2023 20, first um what's your thoughts overall on, on the trade there today make the right move or uh, going for the veteran quarterback is is age going to be an issue down the line well, this seems like a bet in favor of the Seahawks offense. Are you thinking that they're going to fire things back up again in not really. 2021 here? Not, not particularly. That's the uh, concern that I do have. But um, I do like the wide receivers on the Seahawks, and I, I like Wilson as a quarterback. I don't really like the play calling situation that we've seen over the last couple of years, and we're probably going to end up seeing that again. But given that it wasn't next year's first round and it was going to give me an opportunity to compete both this year and next year with having Wilson in there that was my logic behind making the move I think uh, he is automatically on this roster my best quarterback with this move and I think that gives me uh, a lot of ammunition then to kind of move around with other pieces rather than to spend the next you know two to three months trying to work out my quarterback position it's now pretty much set in stone and I can now move around the other pieces you know with the the running back position the wide receivers try and get the the roster more balanced out I think if I was trying to attack that quarterback position after the draft I think I might have ended up having to give up more in 2022 to be able to to move a quarterback and we talk a lot about how you want to move as much of the overall value of your roster and the overall value of your roster includes your future picks move those into the present make sure you stay young enough that you can continue to retrade your veterans so you're not really writing anybody down to zero in terms of their value we've got to be able to retrade these guys looking at competing in 2021 would it be your plan to then hopefully win in 2021 move back out of wilson maybe for a lesser qb and maybe a riskier qb or a combination of picks, how much is it going to hurt you to not have 
Gibson on this roster. Is the the future beyond just this year something you considered in terms of the scenarios and this trade? It is. And I think that if I get to this stage next offseason, I think I would quite easily get a 2023 first round back in return for Russell Wilson plus other pieces. So I think that like we know what Russell Wilson is now and we I think we're we're pretty certain that he is even one down year this year isn't going to be a case where he loses all his value so I think we'll still be able to move out of it if it is the case I've done lots of trades like this before and I'm sure you have too that like there's no guarantee Russell Wilson's going to be my quarterback (laughs) come week one we could have we could have moved on by then already but I just felt for the the value of that first it was the, the right thing to do and while we talk about other skill positions you know the age profile and things like that like when we look at Russell Wilson he's been in the league a long time he's 32 years old he's going to be 33 in uh, 29th of uh, 29th of November I was just looking it up and when we look at quarterbacks long jetivity now as we talk we you, you talked about Tom Brady on on the show on Tuesday and he might have another couple of years left but how many we can't just write him off at this point and we know Russell Wilson uh, looks after himself incredibly well so we'll see what happens there but I, I would be sus- suspecting that we'll see Wilson in the league you know for at least another five years so there's still going to be movement to uh, move him on but uh, yeah definitely that was factored into part of that decision uh, an interesting question uh, coming in from Action Jackson uh, that came in over Twitter congratulations to me and Sean on episode 200 thanks a lot for that there first of all th- this is a, a comment that has come in Sean quite a lot and something that I'm quite proud of and something that surprised me quite a bit as well the sentiment coming in about the podcast helping them through the pandemic and I know that I have had shows that I've listened to through the the entire process that have kind of takes your mind out of what's actually going on and I, sometimes I kind of forget that we can have that effect on other people so that was uh, quite a nice comment to come in but in terms of and maybe we should have done this on uh, Tuesday's podcast in terms of a one quarterback league would you trade J.K. Dobbins to get Mahomes uh, he said his current quarterbacks are Deshaun Watson and Jalen Hurts they only need to start two quarterbacks has Saquon and ETN so in this situation you'd be kind of giving up your second or third running back for a quarterback now obviously the Deshaun Watson situation is very much up in the air Jalen Hurts um, looks to have survived through the uh, pre-draft scare at the quarterback position for the Eagles for me uh, we talked about devaluing the quarterback position in a one quarterback league but I would be very tempted to to make this deal. It's an interesting one. I, I'm fortunate enough to have Mahomes in a lot of my one QB leagues, in part uh, because he, as he was coming out of college there, uh, being the big Kansas City Chiefs fan, maybe drafting him a little bit earlier than a lot of other owners, uh, just specifically because of the fandom. When I look at Mahomes on the roster, when I have some QBs behind him, it's always this interesting and difficult choice of whether or not to kind of package him with a lesser player to get a star back in return. So if I offered, and this isn't the trade we're talking about him, but if I offered kind of the opposite, where it was Mahomes and Dobbins for say a Hertz and a star QB, like a, a Christian McCaffrey, you know, would you be able to get that if Mahomes is in there? Is it? I have Mahomes still a little bit below Dobbins in terms of, of what they're looking at in this format. I think when the current QBs are Watson and Hertz, that there's a lot of upside there. I think Hertz could have a big season for you. And Watson, 
I mean, you either have to hold on or you have to move him for a lesser QB, but someone who can give you a little bit more value this year, have some safety behind Hertz in that situation. I would hate to give up the running back. If you have Saquon and ETN, that's that's awesome. It's a, a great start. It seems like he'd be a very high upside team, but we know how quickly these running backs will get hurt. Saquon's been on some of my dynasty teams, and it's been very frustrating the last several years because he's given nothing back. Even just knowing what's happened there, you have this little bit of a reminder, okay, I may need more guys. ETN may not be the big hammer until the second half of this year or even until 2022. Dobbin's somebody who could really break out. I prefer to trade him after he has his first 150-yard game of 2021 or his first 30-point fantasy game this season. I think there'll be some opportunities to trade him for so much if you want to get out of the guy who's probably not going to catch a lot of passes but this is also not a trade that i would have as off the table i think that if you're comfortable with the other elements of your roster i wouldn't be against against this because even in one qb leagues even in a lot of these formats we're thinking okay well the qb isn't as important or depth is really the key thing i'm always trying to maximize my starting lineup we know that there are some elements to that where injuries can take you out quickly but at the same time you want to have that upside when things go well right you don't want to be in a situation where everything panned out exactly as you were hoping but yet your team still wasn't good enough to win well we've got to be in a situation where when our teams do stay healthy or when something breaks the right way for our third wide receiver or our tight end something to that effect that we're good enough to win i mean you can't be in a situation where your team has things go right and you still lose and so we want to make sure we're adding players like mahomes when Dobbins is out of the NFL, Mahomes is still going to be putting up huge seasons. So there's some long-term elements of this that would also encourage you to get the QB. I like this. I think this is an interesting question. It kind of depends, depends on a person's individual preferences and some other things on that team and on that roster. You mentioned here the nice words uh, in, in terms of, of coming in. I didn't get a chance to mention this on Tuesday because we were kind of wrapping up. The show went a little bit long. But it was great to read those reviews. And one of the things I thought was really fun is that it came in from a, a bunch of people that they loved listening to Colm, you know, loved his accent, loved the sound of his voice there, you know, very calming and encouraging and uh, comforting. You get that Irish accent. People love that. I enjoy it. Colm is the best. Uh, we, we appreciate those. Also, one of our winners, the name or the handle or I'm not sure what you would even necessarily call it but was assistant pig keeper which that could be anything but one of my favorite books when i was young the chronicles of pride uh, one of the big books that come out of that the black cauldron which was turned into a, a fairly average disney movie you know back in the day uh but Terran assistant pig keeper was sort of the main character i don't know how many assistant pig keepers there are i'm sure uh, he's not the only one there in the world, but it made me think of that. If it's a reference to that, uh, even more congratulations to you on, on, on winning <laughs> a portion of the contest. I love that in terms of books. You know, if you have a youngster, these are fantastic fantasy books for someone who is uh, an elementary schooler, a middle schooler getting into reading. It will make them love it. So consider that. Colin, we also have a deep sleeper question here. Wait, one second, John. Before we get into the deep sleeper, uh, the winner of that when the winner with <laughs> the name assistant pig keeper contacts me, we need to know the story behind 
the the handle let us know the full story <laughs> is it to do with the books uh, or, or what's the story behind it we'll, we'll fill in the listeners on one of the, the upcoming shows so then we also have someone asking about isaiah mccoy a deep sleeper undrafted free agent with the steelers but there's opportunity with washington and juju potentially leaving next season got the alpha build the good breakout age the early declare the production got good comps in the box score scout in the prospect lab we love the reference to all these tools uh, in the question here the only downside a lack of athlete elite athleticism and that is something that when we pull up mccoy we see that he has a 30th percentile or lower result in the 40 in the cone in the bench in the broad in the vert uh those things do not necessarily scream nfl standout but when you go and you, you look at his results here at Kent State, where obviously at Kent State you're not going to be uh, getting a lot of this early round NFL coverage from the scouts, that kind of thing. But we see a 31% receiving market share career, a 36% touchdown share for a 34% dominator, 18 yards for reception in the final year. And that's only on four games. Kent State, one of the teams that was hurt by the pandemic, didn't get to play a lot. That's going to hurt him as a prospect as well. I like to keep my eye on these guys, any of these players who were productive in college and are into a team where the organization is functional. The Steelers have some pretty serious long-term quarterback questions. So by the time that he had any type of role within the offense, they may be trying to break in someone young or new. That doesn't necessarily work in his favor. It'll be interesting here. I think for this question, definitely someone to keep an eye on, probably someone you don't even need to use a roster spot on at this point. But I do worry about, even though there is the opportunity in the future, if those guys depart, you have Deontay Johnson, you have Chase Claypool. We think those guys are going to be so good. Even if the other guys leave, they're still going to command so many targets that maybe even the long-term opportunity is, is somewhat minimal. And then for some of these sleepers, my favorite sleeper, I always liked them to have that first year opportunity because it's so hard to break into the NFL. We talk about how the NFL breakouts for wide receivers, that there's a different trajectory based on you know what year it is. The guys who break out in years one, two, and three, they have a different profile than guys who break out in four, five, and six. Now you think, okay, well, five years, six years down the line, if they have to wait that long anyway, I can be patient. But one of the things that we see is in order to break out in year five, you've got to stay on in the NFL or on the fringes of the NFL through those early years. There may not be the situation in Pittsburgh that allows him to stay on a roster or even a practice squad through this early time period, but we'll certainly be rooting for him. Yeah, I think you've covered it all there. Like when when you get into a crowded depth chart, when you get into trying to get those early opportunities, like it's not a case of just one or two guys have to, you know, maybe get injured this year for him to get an opportunity. It's going to be very hard to get that opening opportunity. But I, I do think that if you do have a deep, if you're in a really deep league, you know, you can add your guys in there, but it's more one that I would just be having in the notepad in case, uh, in case anything happens, maybe with injuries that you could slide them into your roster at that point. If you think um, there's a chance of those performances happening. Sean mentioned the book earlier in terms of for, uh, younger people or, or for you know kids uh, i actually watched a, a film last week with my daughter she's three years old uh, i don't know if the film is 
age appropriate I, I thought it pretty much was um, she had a, I don't know if she understood the jokes but she did laugh uh, along with it. it was the Mitchells versus the Machines it is a, a new kind of cartoon animated film from Sony um, pretty funny it was worth you know pretty sci-fi Sean when we look at it I know you talk about some sci-fi books this is a kind of a sci-fi cartoon for kids where uh, robots kind of take over the world or AI takes over the world and no, it doesn't seem that far from reality. It all starts from an app, and uh, everything takes <laughs> takes over the world. So these uh, the one family are left to try and save the day. So uh, pretty fun one for any. I, I know we have a lot of people who've reached out who who do have young kids. So might be one to uh, to add. Uh, I watched it on Netflix over the last week. Sean, putting you on the spot. Any books or uh, recommendations that you want to to put out? I know you already kind of recommended the book a short time ago. Well, you mentioned the sci-fi and the. I think it was book six, five of the six are novellas, but the new Murderbot book is out. Had a chance to read that uh, this past week. Maybe not as good as the first five, uh, but that's only because those were so fantastic. So if you haven't been reading Murderbot, definitely get in there, check that out. Anybody who likes uh, sci-fi or just sort of interesting characters, interesting questions, uh, Murderbot, one of the best characters in all of Know, recent sci-fi literature head on over I, I know we have a lot of listeners too that have sent in sci-fi recommendations for books so they'll be interested to check that one out as always as we get ready to finish the show you can get yourself a 10 percent discount to a road of his nfl pass all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast i did mention on tuesday's show the winners of the contest for episode 200 if you haven't listened to it and you think you might have won, head on back and make sure you listen to the end of the show. Uh, if you listened in and you did win, make sure you reach out to me at rotovizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. We'll get those set up for you as well. Drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. The contest is over, but we're not going to stop asking for those reviews. We love getting them in. We love reading them out on the show. So send them in. We'll read out some of the best on the upcoming podcast. If you do have any recommendations for myself or Sean, or you have any listener questions or topics that you would like to see added into the upcoming shows over the, the rest kind of here off the off-season, do send them in uh, to both options, as I mentioned above, at Overtime Ireland or rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'll get those added in. That's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. Many thanks for tuning in. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back with another edition of the podcast, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.